Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? Happy New Year! It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Monday, January 3rd, 2022. I hope everybody had a safe, wonderful New Year. You guys are refreshed from the uh, Christmas break. I assume many of you have your kids going back to school today. Um, I had a pretty darn good break. It kind of ended on a sour note yesterday, and not just because I lost in the fantasy football championship, but we'll get to that uh, in a minute. I do want to say I know some of you are excited about college football. I had an amazing, perfect college football playoff. I mean, the betting was incredible. Uh, other than Cincinnati money line, which was pizza money shot in the dark long shot, it was a absol- like absolutely cleaned up, but... This is an NFL Monday, so we got to save the college football for the end, assuming we don't go way long, because th- there's a lot to chew on in the NFL. I do want to start, I'm not totally a New Year's resolution guy. I used to be where I would write the stuff down and I would try to adhere to it, but then I was just like, eh, what do I writing? I just put a note in my phone about this, and you know, um, and then you know, you get married and you have kids and you just kind of move past that and you just, every day you just try to be better. You forget about the year. You just got to get through every day. Um, but I, I, I'll say this, uh, usually, you know, the wife takes the kids East to see her family. I always play the, you know, I got to work. I got to fill in on undisputed and do all the, and the radio show. And well, I dumped the radio show, as you guys know, and undisputed took no days off. Uh, you know, I went and did the herd. So I had to come back early, but, uh, basically like, yeah, I, I flew East for about 72 hours. Saw a bunch of family members that I haven't seen in pretty much six years. 
And then I flew back quickly. Uh, a couple saw a couple bad movies on the airplane. I won't bore you with those tales. But uh, as it, before I get to the NFL, as you guys know, I think I've mentioned this multiple times. But Rob G doesn't know what I'm about to say. But Rob, I think I've brought up the couple of times that we're interested in getting a dog. Okay, that's definitely a, a, a top priority for the McIntyre family. So you know, my wife's been all over this, and um, we've started the process of adopting a dog. We want a golden retriever. Um, and, um, uh, my wife has been like relentlessly checking the website and multiple websites for when dogs pop up. So she finds while she's in Jersey, a golden retriever at the pound. And we have like one of the first interviews. I mean, this is unheard of. Somebody, a stray dog goes to the pound, uh, or gets picked up and goes to the pound on Christmas day. So we get the interview and we're, we're like not that ready for the dog. Like we have no dog equipment, no dog food, no leash, no doggy bed, none of that. So my wife literally texts Saturday, hey, uh, I got us an appointment, 2.45 tomorrow. Can you go? Of course you can go. And I'm like, in the middle of NFL Sunday? <laughs> Fantasy football championship? Do you want me to do all this? And then I got to like get the dog stuff? Fine, whatever. I, I was excited. So um, I, I call the pound looking for as much information. Is this golden retriever like housebroken? Because yo, my family's not here. I can't handle a dog by myself. Come on. I got to go to work today. Like I, there's no way on earth I can handle this by myself. I need to know about the dog. And they're like, oh yeah, the dog's fine. Like we don't have that much information. I drive all the way to the pound. I roll up. I got the leash. I got some doggy treats in my hand, in my pocket, in like a plastic bag. I'm ready. And I'm like, hey, uh, I'm here to meet the golden retriever. And the lady comes out and she goes, oh, the last appointment got the golden retriever. I was like, nah, come on, you're joking, right? And I look, because there's other people outside. I look around, I'm like, you're joking, right? She's like, no. Like straight face, no. And at this point, my face just like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. My phone's pinging the whole damn time because the fantasy football, the NFL, Antonio Brown, all this crazy stuff's happening. And I'm like full on dog mode. And I'm like, no, no, come on. How could so they they took the dog after meeting it? She's like, yeah, they they were really into it. Um, and I was like, well, what are the chances they're gonna come back and like not gonna like the dog? And again, I laugh all you want. I've never been to a dog pound in my life. Um, and she's like, they were here three hours before the interview. I, I you know, they really seemed. I don't think the dog's coming back. And at this point, I kind of put my hands up like, this is really happening. I spent all this time. I'm not even getting the dog. I'm not even meeting the dog. So I call my wife while I'm in front of the lady and I'm like, the last appointment got the dog. And she's like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't even know how that works. Now, luckily, my wife did not tell the kids. And, you know, they don't know, but they're going to see when they come home that we've got all this dog stuff. At any rate, it really put a sour note on my NFL Sunday. I came home. I was like drained. I had like a throbbing headache. Um... I, I had a drink at like 3.30 in the afternoon. It was like a stiff drink, like straight liquor. Because I was just like devastated and shook and my fantasy football team was crumbling and the bets were not going good. All right, let's get to the NFL week 17. And it, it, it wasn't a great weekend in football. Um, it's funny. I, I thought like, okay, Chiefs losing, Cowboys losing. These are big. Um, I think we have to open with Antonio Brown though, don't we not? Like, it was such a big deal. I did an entire post on Antonio Brown on Instagram. I've never seen anything like that. I, never in my life. I mean, the guy quit in the middle of the game. Now, I know, like Rob G and some others, you guys have a lot of stuff going on in your life. It's the holiday break. It's the last day. You, you want to do stuff. So I do know a bunch of people who were not in front of televisions Sunday as this shit was unfolding. And, oh, by the way, a New Year's resolution is say fewer bad words. I talked to so many dads over the break who texted me about the podcast. So I got to dial back the F-bombs and all that stuff. So, you know, I, of course, I somebody in my league uh, dropped Antonio Brown. So I was able to pick him up. I started him in the fantasy league. I'm all geeked. Like Antonio Brown versus my Jets. Come on, this is, this is automatic. And I guess Antonio Brown wasn't getting enough plays. He was unhappy. And there's a video from the a fan who was behind the Bucks bench. You can see Mike Evans pleading with him like, bro, calm down, chill out. Antonio Brown's like stomping his foot like a like a third grader. Just, ah, ah, ah. Mike Evans is like, bro, come on. And Antonio Brown like backs away and just starts to unbuckle everything and basically strip down, take off his pads. And then the cool part was when he just rips off the shirt and he's just shredded, just rocked up. All, I mean, all you see is abs. Like, look, that, that guy has not had a cookie in his entire life. I mean, he has a personal chef 
who's helping him with the vaccine card and all that stuff. But um, the fake vaccine card, I should note. But my favorite part, so he gets it, tosses it into the crowd. You can see some of the coaches on the Bucks sideline just looking at him, dumbfounded. Just like mouths frozen, like what's happening? They're not even like motioning to him or pointing or anything. They're just staring like, is this real life? And then Antonio Brown, middle of the game, like I I think a pun had just happened and, you know, the, the transition was happening between the special teams and the defense or whatever. And Antonio Brown is skipping through the end zone shirtless. He looked like a kid who just got out of school, the final day of school, you know, the buzzer sounds, final day of school, you're skipping around, oh, here's summer, no teachers, no homework, oh, I can't wait, I'm just going to go to the pool and goof off. And then Antonio Brown, no joke, went and got an Uber. I'm not, this is not even a joke. You know when the Uber driver picks you up from MetLife, he's going to recognize, oh, this guy, NFL player. I mean, he's got all the chains on. And Antonio Brown's like slouched in the backseat, clearly reading social media. And Bruce Arians after the game, yeah, he's done. And I think if I ask you guys to go look for anything, it is Tom Brady's words of wisdom on Antonio Brown. Like he had a chance to rip him and say how disappointed he was in Antonio Brown for not showing up and acting like a petulant little B.I. And Tom Brady's like, the guy needs help. And I feel bad for him. And that's like the real way to look at it. You know, listen, this is a new year, right? We got to be positive. We got to try to lift one another up. We're not going to tear each other down. Uh, And then you go read the tweets that I fired off about this clown, Antonio Brown. (laughs) Like, Jason, come on. Talking out of both sides of your mouth. In the moment, it was like, what is D doing? And now that you've had a chance to step back, you're like, man, this dude needs more than help. And um, back when when I went to Jersey... Uh, my mother-in-law got me a a ride from the airport, you know, uh, a guy to pick me up. So I don't have to do the whole Uber thing. And um, it was pretty cool. So it just turns out he's a former cop. Super nice guy, driven around Joe Torre, a bunch of dudes. And he texted me after the Antonio Brown thing. And, and, and I regret asking him this, but I'm like, you know, honestly, seeing this behavior, knowing his history, like over under Like, Antonio Brown's in jail in five years. I I mean, I know that's a bad thing to say and it sounds rotten, but I'm being honest. Like, the behavior, he was given multiple second chances. We forget the Steelers were like, bro, we put up with you for a decade. It's over. He goes to the Raiders for like four minutes and then he is like, ah, hell this, uh, screw it, I'm out. And then he gets in like 17 different fights with people for lawsuits. And Tom Brady's like, bro, I'll take you in. I like to um, give people second and third and 50th chances. And he's on the straight and narrow and they win the Super Bowl. Things don't go as well this year. Fake vaccination card. And now Antonio Brown is done in the NFL. And he cost himself a lot of money. There, w- This is staggering. Antonio Brown was eight cat- three bonuses that he missed out on because he quit. That's what he did. He quit. He walked away on his team, the Buccaneers. Eight catches away from $333,000. That's a bonus in his contract. All he needed was eight catches. That is eh, the second half, maybe? The second half against the Jets or certainly Week 18. 55 yards away from a $333,000 bonus. He was one receiving touchdown away from, yes, a $333,000 bonus. So essentially, he was eight Catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown away from a million dollars. Now, I know you could say, all oh, these rich, rich athletes, that's pocket change. Tell me Antonio Brown's not going to use a million dollars in a year or two or three. I mean, that it, it, I've never seen anything like that. Now, Rob, I, I, I want to avoid us crushing Antonio Brown. Our first podcast of 2022, I want to try to keep it on the positive. Sunny Rosie positive, sunshine, let's be positive. I mean, can you say anything nice about Antonio Brown? No. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Look, I, I know that you wanted to uh, give a shout out to Tom Brady, who did lead a miraculous comeback against your New York Jets. There in the second half, I wasn't even going to talk about that. Game, but <laughs> and, if you want to, you know, but he he made his comments about Tom Brady, and everyone's giving him credit about the humanity and and the perspective that he had. You know, we have guys like Cuffs the Legend who's been on this pod saying, you know, we need to show some sympathy to Antonio Brown. He's obviously going through a lot. We got guys like you know Scoop B from uh, Bally Sports who may come on the pod. You know, I was late get deeper into NBA season. You got, yeah, I know Scoop. Yeah, we, we, what, what what did he say? It's kind of same thing. You know, this is you know, who's gonna you know look out for Antonio Brown and, and this is deeper than than sports and things like that. You know, th- that was a, a a talking point on social media. You know, the, the the trolls got their their tweets off. A lot of the quote unquote respected voices were saying, "Hey, this you know he obviously is going through some issues." And I, I didn't have a resolution. To me, that's bullshit, okay? Disregard everything that happened on the field and in the locker room, whether it's the frozen feet and the helmet with the Raiders, you know, this one leaving mid-game again with Tampa, um, the Instagram live, the, the kicking footballs in, in, in Pittsburgh and all these different things. Alleged sexual assault, sexual misconduct. Reckless endangerment, felony burglary with battery, felony possession of a forged document. None of these things have absolutely anything to do with football. Antonio Brown is not, you know, looking for some cry for help by leaving in the middle of a game against the Jets. He is a scumbag. 
He is a bad oh, dude. Gosh. He he is not a good human being. And if you don't believe me, just do a quick Google search on all the controversy he's been on. And he, and 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 even if you don't want to read the whole laundry list of things, just look at what he did to that artist that he had a sexual. No, uh, you're right. You know, just look at that. Just read that story and tell me. Yeah, you know what? Antonio Brown deserved a second chance. No, he didn't. He got one because Tom Brady was so desperate to win another Super Bowl and to one-up Bill Belichick that he decided, I'm going to look out for this guy because I know he can play football because he's a damn good receiver. I think he's their best receiver in Tampa, even when they're all healthy. But he is not a good person, okay? So I'm not going to give him sympathy. I'm not going to say, oh, well, he's obviously going through a lot and this is a cry for help like what Tom Brady's suggesting. I'm sure he's going through a lot. I'm sure you don't just... A, a, a right-minded person doesn't leave in the middle of a football game, especially when they're that close to a million dollars in bonuses. But I'm well, not going to... But but big speculation, Rob, hold on, is that the reason he had that outburst was because he wasn't getting the touches, he wasn't getting the plays, and he wasn't going to get that million. That, now, that's speculation. I, I don't know. that Nobody has any inside information well, on that. Uh, Bruce Arians told Jay Glazer after the game that he told Antonio Brown to go back in the game, and an AB said no, and that's what led to the whole issue. That he told him multiple times to go back in. A B had already had enough, and he said no. He said fine, then then don't be out here. And that's when he's like, all right, I'm gone and left. But my my overall point, and because I, I know you want to be positive in 2022, because this is a good year for you and a good year for the podcast. But I, I'm not gonna feel sorry or or say, hey, what can we do to to make things right with Antonio Brown? Because he's obviously dealing with some mental issues when he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore. He's done enough things yeah. and gotten enough chances where I'm just like, all right, fine, you're gone, screw you, go. I don't care. Yeah. Like you're you're good I, for my profession because it's something to talk about. But as far as a person, I'm going to give you any kind of encouragement or hoping that you get through this. I don't. I, I, I yeah. I mean that. I don't totally disagree. I I hope the best for him. I hope this guy figures it out. You know, but I, there's no like I feel bad for him. I hope that wasn't how it came across. Like, is there a sympathy that yeah, this guy needs serious help, and I hope he gets it. I I, I want no part of helping him. Are you kidding me? Give me a break. What you about to sacrifice my life to go help that clown? But I do hope. I mean, I know this sounds bad, but like yeah, I hope he figures it out. Now, I, it is weird. There is this whole thing like oh, he's a black guy, and everybody's piling on him, uh, and the same thing they did to Kyrie Irving. Mental health is real. Uh, sure, mental health might be real. Um, is Antonio Brown? seeking any treatment for that i don't know i'm kind of pissed that he took the shine away essentially he is the biggest story in the nfl and you could argue in sports uh this monday morning when there were some incredible games uh the arizona cardinals saved their season cliff kingsbury flipped a million narratives uh there's a, a metric ton of questions <laughs> about the cowboys suddenly um and then of course joe burrow who was amazing? We got you got Jamar Chase stealing Offensive Rookie of the Year from Mac Jones. Seriously, come on! It, it has to, has to be Jamar Chase. Um, and, and now you got questions about the Chiefs. I, I I'm kind of and then listen. I thought the great win. Of course, I had a lot of money on them uh, in teasers, which kind of ended up getting blown up. They didn't cover the spread, but the Rams that comeback win over the Ravens was incredible. I was super pumped up, and I'm on all these text chains for NFL Sundays. And I got so many Rams fans texting me like, oh, my F, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. I mean, listen, it was awesome. And for Von Miller and Odell Beckham to come through late, did feel pretty damn cool. You, you got to admit, that was awesome for the Rams. And it's just early in that game, like I think it was like the third play of, from scrimmage or something, defensively, Jalen Ramsey ends up punching slash hitting his teammate in the face, Taylor Rapp, in the defensive huddle. I've never seen that before. And that's like not even close to Jalen Ramsey punching a teammate or hitting him with the helmets on, obviously. Hitting a teammate in the head on the field in the huddle and having to be separated, that normally would be like massive news. That's like the 17th like storyline in the NFL from a crazy Sunday. So I don't want to bury Antonio Brown. My guess is that he's not going to be back in the NFL ever again. I don't see, like I get it. Tom Brady threw him a lifeline. They gave him a chance. Tom Brady overruled Bruce Arians. And I think everybody in the NFL is going to now see this guy's more of a problem and a headache than his talent is worth at 33. So I can't see him playing again. A lot of people are like, oh, he's going to fight Jake Paul next. He's going to go to the CFL. I don't really care. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Um, but I, I do want to get to talk about, and this is kind of an overriding theme for today. 
But if, if we would agree there are six primary Super Bowl contenders right now in the NFL, right? The Packers, Bucks, and Cowboys. I'm going to personally go ahead and toss in the LA Rams. I know some people disagree with that. And then in the AFC, it's really Buffalo and the Chiefs. I don't think anybody seriously thinks the Titans are contenders. Um, I, I think maybe people want to add the Bengals. So if you want to, fine, you can add the Bengals. Seven. I would think half of those teams had real big problems in Week 17. Now, maybe it was just a one-off or like the Buffalo Bills are coming down off that huge win. They did not look overly impressive. They looked downright sloppy in the snow at home where they usually thrive and struggle to put away Atlanta. Um, and, and I do want to talk about Matt Ryan. Uh, I got some strong Matt Ryan takes after watching. Rob, have you ever seen a quarterback get a taunting penalty for scoring a touchdown that he thought was a touchdown, but he, there was actually a, a flag that called it back. And Matt Ryan was so fired up, he taunted the Bills guy who drilled him. I was stunned. Matt Ryan. He's like your accountant. And he's firing F-bombs in the end zone at some Bills defensive back who clobbered him on what he thought was a touchdown. I, I mean, Matt Ryan's fired up. I, he showed me something. I'm telling you, that guy's going to be a, a quarterback on a contender next year. There's no way he's going out like this. I think he pulls a Matt Stafford. And I think Matt Ryan goes, hey, Falcons. Guys, I gave it your all. Uh, we're at the end here. Let me move on, okay? And I think they do him that solid. But we'll, we'll get to the Falcons uh, probably in the offseason or maybe next September. <laughs> okay. Anyways, if you look at the Chiefs, and, and I talked about this on the Fox Bet live show that I do on Sunday with uh, Sam and Jeff over at Fox. So the Chiefs had been on an awesome streak, right? Six straight wins against the spread. They had won, I think, seven of their last eight games. They had held opponents under 20 points. And then you drill down a little bit, and you're like, oh, um, well, who exactly did they face in all these defensive wins? Everybody wants to hype the defense, and I did it here. I fell victim, okay? I'm going to rattle off during their win streak the quarterbacks they faced. Mike Glennon, who's a clown. He's terrible. He's going to be out of the league. Jordan Love. I don't need to say anything else. Derek Carr, Rob G's guy with the Raiders, um, who was awesome. And it's been up and down this year, Okay. Then they faced Dak, who lost CeeDee Lamb at halftime and did not have, um, was it Gallup or Cooper? One of those two. But b- bottom line is the Cowboys' offensive weapons were severely hindered in that one. Then they beat up on Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr again, uh, and Ben Roethlisberger. The one quarterback they faced in that stretch was Justin Herbert, and he lit them up. So you faced one good quarterback. I mean, Dak is good, but without the weapons, was he? is he that good? And Justin Herbert shredded them. So I was like, okay. And, and early in the week, remember, month, last Monday I said uh, the first bet I made was on the Chiefs. And then as you go on throughout the week, you realize every single person, every square better that you know is on the Chiefs. All of them. And you're like, oh, jeez. I screwed up. I'm on the wrong side. And what happens come late Saturday night when the limits go up and you could bet, you know, 250000 you get down six figures of big money, that money is on the Bengals. And it was obvious at that point that the Bengals were going to pull this off and, and get the win. Now, they were trailing 28-14. I know. I get it. But J- Joe Burrow absolutely did what Justin Herbert did to the Chiefs and lit them up. They couldn't guard Jamar Chase. I mean, it's third and 27, and you leave Jamar Chase at one on one of the sideline? I mean, I believe the—let me just double-check. I think the Bengals— had 475 yards of offense, 7.5 yards per play. They just decided, you know what, we're trailing. Uh, this Joe Mixon thing is not working against his defensive line. Uh, we're just going to chuck and duck. And Joe Burrow lit him up. He was awesome. He got sacked four times. I think at one point they ripped the like the nameplate off the back of his jersey, Rob. I don't know if you saw I that. I did. Chris Jones. Chris Jones was just killing him. And, 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 and they, they were annihilating Burrow in the pocket. And, yeah, Chris Jones had two sacks, three quarterback hits. He was all up in his grill. And Burrow still delivered. I mean, he was – Joe Burrow was pretty awesome, Rob. Um, You don't want to go overboard because Burrow's been very good this year. But, my gosh, if he's not a top-ten quarterback in the league, I don't know what a top-ten quarterback looks like. This guy – and Jamar Chase, by the way, obviously. Jamar Chase is incredible. His stat line, 11 for 266 – and three touchdowns. 
I, I mean, just uh, Jamar Chase was ridiculous, and he clearly won Offensive Rookie of the Year, Rob, right? I mean, you'd agree over Mac Jones, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it was close heading down the home stretch, but when you have a game like he had on Sunday, Jamar Chase, who, by the way, I wish he would have had it a couple of weeks ago because I maybe would have been in the Fantasy Football Championship, but he didn't really <laughs> show up there down the stretch. It's okay. Um <laughs> I have a hot take. I didn't run by you before we started recording this morning, but I'm going to get your thoughts on it. I don't think that anybody outside of the Chargers and the aforementioned Bengals can beat the Chiefs in the AFC in the playoffs. Buffalo Bills can. I don't think they can. I, I think that one thing we like, you brought up a great point about the defense. You know, their defense has been a little bit. Uh, fraudulent, you know, for lack of a better word, with the way they kind of beat up on bad quarterbacks. But one thing that the Chiefs did do in the last month or so is their offense got right. Shout out to uh, Gus Bradley and the Raiders defense who who helped them work out a couple of kinks. And in the last couple of weeks, they've been really lighting up the scoreboard. So I think that we're going to see in the postseason again, which has been the case for the last couple of years, is if you're going to beat the Chiefs, more than likely, you're going to just have to outscore them because you're not going to be able to keep them down long enough for you to win a game like 21 to 17, something like that. You're going to have to really put a hurting on them. And I think the only two teams in the AFC that have quarterbacks and an offensive system that's going to allow them to put up points that quickly that you're going to need to are the Chargers and the Bengals. Now, even though I don't think either one of those two teams are that great, I mean, Chargers might even make it in if they lose to my Raiders, you know, this upcoming yeah. week. It's but a playoff game this week. It's a playing game, but... I don't see the Bills like you mentioned. I don't see the Patriots, you know, with Mac Jones, the Titans, obviously. I don't think any of those teams have enough scoring punch where they could realistically knock the Chiefs out of the playoffs. Well, it's funny you say that because the Titans kicked their ass 27-3 earlier this year. Now, Derrick Henry didn't play, but but, uh, if the Titans get the bye, and I think all they have to do is beat the Houston Texans to get the bye in the number one seed, that's an extra week for Derrick Henry to get healthy. Uh, I've always been uh, of the thought that it's crazy that you Henry would force coming back from that. Jo- was it a Jones fracture, I think, um, uh, of his foot? And, like, if you look historically, people that rush back from that end up getting hurt even more. Uh, and it just it, it's not smart. Um, but the Chiefs struggle with the Browns, although the Browns are not making the playoffs. And um, I feel like an ass clown for betting on the Browns to not only— Make the playoffs, but win the Super Bowl in the preseason. Yeah, it's uh, not a good bet. Um, it, Chiefs did split with the Chargers, but it's pretty clear the move, Rob, is to keep it close, score a lot, and then get don't give the ball back. Now, I will give Zach Taylor some criticism. Okay, I know he got the win, uh, but his game plan sucked at the outset. They were getting their butts kicked the entire first half. So I've never seen a scenario like what unfolded at the end. So if you weren't watching, so it's. They drive all the way down. It's fourth and one from the one-yard line with, like, I think it was, like, 56 seconds, 51 seconds left, okay? This a touchdown, and you obviously um, go up a touchdown. It was a tie game. And if you kick the field goal, you go up by three, and Patrick Mahomes is on the other side, but they had burned all their timeouts. So Zach Taylor says, screw it. They tried to run it in and sneak it in. None of it worked. And my son's team needing Joe Mixon did not get what it needed. Um... All of a sudden, Zach Taylor says we're going for it on fourth and one. Calls a pass play. It, it got blown up. It burrows scrambles, and they they end up coming up just short. But there were two flags on the play, offsetting penalties. So like, oh, oh man, he, he's getting a chance to redo and go for the kick. That's that's what you know. That's what the big guy upstairs is telling the, the you know the Bengals. Be careful. Don't screw this up. Zach Taylor says, we're going we're going for it again. Fourth and one for the one-yard line. And on the next play, again, Joe Burrow, like the first read was gone, second read gone, so Burrow's scrambling. Throws it, gets hit, and there's a flag. And they called it on the defense, so it's a new set of downs. But Joe Burrow comes up lifting and comes off the field. Joe Burrow, fourth and one, end of the game, final minute, had to come off the field with a knee injury. And you're like, oh my gosh, what the hell? Unbelievable. They had to put in the backup. And you're like, dude, this is the third chance. Zach, kick it. So eventually, now that he's got the fresh set of downs because of the defensive penalty, they kneel it, spike, and then kick the game-winning field goal. Mahomes did not get the ball 
Okay, the final 601 Bengals, 15 plays, 79 yard drive. These long drives, they, I mean, they really have killed the Chiefs this year. And they, if the defense can't get off the field, front four is doing its job, but clearly secondary's got problems. And um, I mean, when you sack Burrow four times and you put the pressure on him, I'd love to see the pressure numbers when they come out later today from this uh, this Chiefs front. They were awesome. And the back end, like, I mean, look at one of the angles Sorensen took when he got, uh, when Jabbar Chase caught another bomb. Like, just embarrassing stuff. Um, I don't know, guys. I still think the Chiefs are the favorite, but that, that loss did not look good. And by the way, their left tackle was hurt. Orlando Brown did not play. The backup was carted off in the first first quarter. Carted off, patella injury done, um, and Mahomes did not get sacked. So this Chiefs defense, um, not great, but the Bengals defense is really, really bad. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So now we got to go to the Cowboys real quick. And another one, this was a killer for me. Uh, I had the Cowboys in like every teaser. It was not a great Sunday for me. Not great at all. The Cowboys, all they needed to do, if you had them at six and you teased them down to pick them or getting a point, you're like, oh, all they have to do is win. Arizona's reeling. Arizona's injured. Look at the secondary, blah, 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 blah. 
And the Cowboys came out like they thought they were going to win the game, and they came out lifeless. And the Dak Prescott issues, Rob, they, they seem to be real. Like, he looked awesome last week in the first half against a dead Washington team. And I don't know what, what was up with Dak, but he had, Rob, one of those games where you're like, ooh, is, is something wrong here? And, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm off the Cowboys. I, I really think they're a Super Bowl contender. The loss of Michael Gallup is a big one. And I know you'll just look at the numbers and say, oh, come on, that's not big. What happens is now C.D. Lamb has to go back outside. He operates best in the slot when they have Amari Cooper and Gallup on the outside. I, I guess you could toy with Cedric Wilson out there. But, for instance, C.D. Lamb, four targets. I think they had Byron Murphy on him. Uh, that, it, it, Arizona, which secondary was so hurt that they tried to pick up the kid, Brashad Breland, who got kicked out of Minnesota a couple weeks ago for fighting with the coaching staff. So they try to pick up Breland, and he tests positive for COVID. That's how desperate they were in the secondary. And then Dak comes out and is uh, basically awful. Like, all his stats were padded in the, in the fourth quarter when they're playing come from behind because they had a one touchdown through three quarters. Uh, Rob, this was one of the most disappointing efforts I've seen from the Cowboys um, this season. And and I I don't feel as confident as I had earlier about this team going in and and, and maybe getting to the Super Bowl. Final stat that is kind of press rewind if I haven't blown your mind. Trayvon Diggs has given up over 1,000 yards in coverage this season. Most in the NFL. He repeatedly was burnt toast against A.J. Green. That is a fun fact. I mean, I know I read that stat myself, but it's still jarring to hear said out loud, considering that you got guys like um, Deion Sanders saying not only should Trayvon Diggs be Defensive Player of the Year, he should get MVP votes. I mean, I've heard that you know said out loud. Um, I'm glad that you brought up the 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 impact of the Michael Gallup injury because I I agree with you. I think that was one of the more under discussed storylines that come out of this game, and it's precisely exactly what you said, C.D. Lamb kills people in the slot i mean he he's so such a great route runner he's electric he, he's fast enough to take the top off the defense and it's not to say he can't play outside because obviously he can but yeah. what makes them so dynamic is when he is in the slot because you can't double anyone else anymore at that point because he, he's so good you, you're, you're more likely gonna have to double with him either with a safety over the top or shade him with another linebacker on the inside and that leaves Tony Pollard, you know, to run a wheel route or something like that on the outside. So I think that that Gallup injury is much bigger than people are giving it, you know, credit for. Um, I will say, you know, as much as you said a few minutes ago about the Chiefs and their defense and the quarterbacks that they faced and how it may have been a little bit of Fugazi a little bit, the Cowboys, they haven't really beaten anybody good in like two and a half months. Yeah. I mean, if you just look back, <laughs> in like two and a half. you know, in the last two and a half months, you know, they, they lose to Denver, which I didn't understand that. I thought it was just, hey, just a bad loss, whatever. It, things happen. So they come back and they smack Atlanta, 43 to 3. Lose to the Chiefs, lose to the Raiders on Thanksgiving. They beat Taysom Hill with a broken finger, Washington twice, the Giants. Then they go ahead and lose at, at home against the Cardinals. So I know that on paper, with that roster and the talent and, you know, they're going to win. Well, I think they already won the NFC East. So you would assume that they should be a Super Bowl contender. I just don't know if kind of like the Chargers where the talent doesn't necessarily match what you see on the field when they play other good teams. That's crazy. You're right. They have 11 wins. Um, Teams that are going to the playoffs that the Cowboys have beaten. New England Patriots. Philadelphia Eagles in week three and the LA Chargers in week two. And they beat the Patriots way, way, way back. So, yeah, they haven't beaten anybody good. And what's what I didn't like was the last two times they've lost, right? Arizona and the Raiders. They blame the officials. Uh, yes. Obviously, the Raiders game, there was a million flags. I get it. But there were a lot of flags uh, in that Cardinals loss, too. And they come out blaming them like, hey, guys, what about Dak Prescott just sucking? Like, he was not good for three quarters. Kyler Murray looked like the better quarterback. I mean, if you had come out of a coma, you were in a coma for 15 years, and that was the first NFL game you watched, and you just saw Kyler versus Dak, and be like, 
This guy Kyler Murray's dropping dimes, yo. I mean, he's putting it in a basket. So, some tight end named Wesley I've never heard of. Looked awesome. Look, it looked better than Dalton Schultz. Um, I, I was stunned at the uh, just Arizona pulling off the win over over Dallas. I thought was incredible. And um, I, I don't I don't know that Arizona's deadly in the playoffs. Uh, still didn't out, haven't had Connor. I don't think Nuke Hopkins is coming back. I'm not going to go through all the playoff scenarios, but I, I just feel like the NFC is too muddled. Right? We we have next weekend or yeah, week 18. It is going to be San Fran versus the Rams. And I think if the Rams win that, they win the West and, and host a playoff game. If they lose and Arizona wins, I think Arizona wins the division and hosts a playoff game. Um, Minnesota's out. Atlanta's out. The Saints have a... Can the Saints get in? No, no. The, I think the NFC's done. It's just the order. Yeah, Eagles, I think, locked up the seventh spot. 49er. No, they could leapfrog the 49ers if they lose. Actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. New, New, Orleans Orleans and, New Orleans and San Francisco are the fighting for the last spot. Right, they're fighting for the last spot. Um, yeah, I don't know. My, my Rams up to number two, so they're going to be playing. I have tickets to um, Rams-San Fran um, on Sunday. However, this is going to sound. Uh, it's buried in the pod, so a lot of people will not listen, except for the diehards, or as Rob likes to call them, T1 listeners. P1 listeners. Um, P1 listeners, I'm sorry. So I don't even know if I told you this, Rob. So my local basketball league was canceled for my kids. Again, last season and this season. Really pissed. Uh, my son's on a club team, so he's fine. I, he's playing. But my daughter, it's like she didn't play last year. The year before, we coached her. Uh, they were undefeated. It's like, come on, we want to do this. So me and another dad are starting a league. <laughs> I know that sounds really in-depth, but it's not. You just have to want to do it and have people. So we're going to do four teams. Um... My the other guy I know got rented the gym. We get the time. We'll just divide up the kids evenly and do four teams. Um, I know it's like, oh, you really know, like we're gonna do 28, 30 kids. It's easy if you've been in an area for a few years in the school system. You could easily get thirty kids. Plus, we were doing like a little girls basketball thing um, throughout COVID, like once a week, where I get the kids together and just shoot and do scrimmage. So, so a lot of the kids are already kind of we know them. But the first weekend of games <laughs> is next weekend. And yes, it's during the Rams game. And so I was talking to the other dad. I'm like, he he had Rams tickets too. And I'm like, it's kind of a big game. I, I want to go. My wife's got him for the birthday. I'm like, I don't, can I skip the, the, the first game of our little season? Is that a bad look? So I'm going to have to talk to the wife. She may be listening to this. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Rob, what's the move? Rams Niners is good. SoFi's great. The tickets are awesome. Yeah, I'm going to that game. You know, apologies <laughs> to, to the the youth sports of America, but um this is a, a, a clinch a division game for the Rams and winning your in game for the Niners. So I think I'm gonna probably go to that one and say good luck to the squad. Hope you guys win. We'll get them next game if we don't. So that's all right. Hey, well, I know you're doing odd couple later today, but uh, is your boy Rob Parker going to just take a dump all over Matt Stafford? <laughs> you, you know what? He was uh, sending a lot of stuff in the group chat about Matt Stafford. It was a lot of uh, Antonio Brown slander and Matt Stafford. I told you, where's your Messiah now kind of tweets that I keep getting. So, yes. Um, hold on. I just because I have this favorited. OK, I saw it about Derek Carr a couple weeks ago. When he had like another comeback victory. By the way, he had another one uh, against the Colts. Do you want to brag about that Hunter Renfro catch? And that was a great win for the Raiders, man. Look, man, all I'm going to say that also blew up a shit ton. Yes, parlays and teasers. Yes. Oh my. Gosh. Let me just. All they need to do is win. Let me just say Sorry. shout out to the very first guest of the Straight Fire Podcast, Colin Cowherd, who put it out on Twitter. Something I've been saying for months. I don't know what award that Derek Carr can get, but he deserves an award just for having them in this position that they're in heading into week 18 where they can actually make the playoffs after everything that's gone wrong for them this season. Derek Carr deserves, you know, a, a sportsman of the year or like a federal holiday or something, you know, like he, I, he deserves it. I, I didn't watch it close enough, but what, what has gotten into the defense? Cause Jonathan Taylor was bottled up again. I thought last week they bottled up the Broncos running game. They had like 14 yards or something because drew lock was a quarterback. It's like, Oh, drew lock. We don't respect him. But like, I guess they don't respect Carson Wentz either. Wentz started out like one of seven. 
Um, but they, they the defense was impressive, man. Yeah, you know what? What the Raiders have issues with is when it's a, a good passing team. Because even though I know they have an improved secondary, you know they run a, a very simplistic scheme, and they just hope that the front court, front four to get to you. Now the rush defense isn't that good either. But if they know going into a game that the quarterback is not great, they can commit extra defenders in the box and just say, "All right, we're going to dare you to beat us." And thankfully, that's worked out for them. You know, because they did that to the Browns, they did that to the Broncos, and they did that for about half of the Indianapolis Colts game because Carson Wentz kind of got it going a little bit in the second half, but they shut him down a lot early and that's all they needed. Hunter third and Renfro, man. He is, I mean, that guy's good. What a great draft pick by uh, Mayock. Just a tremendous find. The kid out of Clemson who was, I think, like a walk-on. He's got a great story. He's like a tiny white guy, you know, and, and he just unguardable. Like he's just shredding people. And that catch that he had, catch and run to set up the game winner was awesome. Uh, here's a stat. I found it. Most game-winning drives since Derek Carr made his NFL debut in 2014. Derek Carr, 28. Matt Stafford, 28. Now, this is from December 20th, 2021. Um, Carr did not have a game-winning drive last week. Uh, Matt Stafford did not. But Matt Stafford had one this week, and so did Carr. So I guess they're tied at 29. By the way, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson are, are next at 23. Um, so yeah, Carr and Stafford, two underappreciated guys. Guys, it says something when you lead the league in game-winning drives, right? Like you're probably behind or tied. You don't have a great team. That's why Aaron Rodgers doesn't sniff this list. He's always winning. He's got a great team, you know? It's like, Tom Brady, why does he not have so many game-winning drives? Because he's always winning. He's just good. He's always on good teams. When you got Bill Belichick, you don't need game-winning drives. Now, I know what the counter is. Oh, well, they need to come back because Stafford stinks and Carr stinks and they stink up the joint. Well, if they were awful, the team would be getting blown out and there would be no game-winning drives. So it's a combination of, well, you know, they don't have a great team. But in the clutch, Derek Carr and Matt Stafford deliver. Um... I can't say, I can't brag anymore about Stafford, but he's got to get better. Like, Rob, he was not good. They've overcome him twice in a row now. Yeah, I've read somewhere, this was coming into Sunday's game. I think it was Jim Charter, the NFL Network. I think he's been on on the pod before. Yeah. That, I guess, including now Sunday, six of Aaron, or excuse me, six of Matthew Stafford's interceptions have come in his own 20-yard line. Those are the worst. And, and I think lead, four of them are, are pick sixes. sixes. Yeah. Like, there's just yeah. ridiculous. Winston, huh? So, it's like, you know, it's one thing to turn the ball over. You know, guys do it. It, it happens. You know, other than Aaron Rodgers, everybody throws interceptions. But when you're in your backed up like that, you have to be extra cautious with the football. And Matthew Stafford, for whatever reason, still has not learned that lesson. Hey, uh, I, Rob, I know sometimes you timestamp stuff and put it in the iTunes description. I need you to timestamp this, uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, they got eliminated from the playoffs. Had a lot of Miami Dolphins fans thumping their chest. We've won seven straight. Tua, look at his stats. Okay, okay. <laughs> two-year sample, but it's really his first 16 games. Like, put him up next to anybody. All this Tua hype. Rob, you watch any of Dolphins Titans? I did because I had some money on the Titans. One of my few wins on Sunday. Tua was Hot garbage. He was so bad. Uh, Zero touchdowns, 5.4 yards per attempt. Okay? When you're playing the Sisters of the Poor, which is what they did get fat in that seven-game win streak, you beat up a lot of bad quarterbacks and a lot of bad teams. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill's great, but he's efficient, and that Titans offensive line killed, murdered the Dolphins in the trenches. Foreman, Froman, how do you say it? Dante Froman, who I had on my fantasy bench like an ass clown. Uh, 132 yards, okay? Duke Johnson, you can torch the Jets, buddy boy. Could do jack squat otherwise. Oh, where's Jalen Waddle? Yeah, how did he do? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's going against Jack Rabbit Jenkins, who is an overrated cornerback, former New York Giants. Jalen Waddle, hey, he's been good, no denying it. Three for 47 yards. In basically a, we need to win to get in the playoffs. So where was Tua looking? Devontae Parker. Are you ready? Devontae Parker had 13 targets, four receptions. (laughs) The accuracy is so bad. Guys, I don't, like, enough with this. 
Tua completed 80% of his passes against the Jets. He completed 78% against the Texans. Nobody cares. Win a game that matters. He's not good. Like, I, I get it, Tua. He's looked decent in flashes against bad, cellar-dwelling teams. Miami Dolphins fans, folks, if you watch this game all geeked up wearing your Dan Marino jersey, you know, and you're all stoked we're going back to the playoffs, we haven't been there since Adam Gaze took us there. You lost 34-3. You were never in this game for a moment. Not a second. And now comes the offseason. Okay? Tua, by the way, looked bad early in the season when all the rumors about um, Deshaun Watson were out there. So what happens? Trade deadline passes. Deshaun Watson becomes on the back burner. And Tua is able to thrive against bad teams. It, it was the perfect storm, guys. That's what it was. It was the perfect storm for Tua to thrive. And then, you know, they have to step up in class. And they got smacked back to the boondocks. That's what happened to Tua. His QBR was 8. I'm not a big guy on QBR. But I just, I just found that funny. Yeah, his QBR was 8. And I said this on the Dan Patrick Show. I hosted it last week with... Um, I think I hosted it twice, maybe with Gottlieb and Jeff Schwartz. I'm telling you guys, in going into next year, I would rather have Zach Wilson than Tua, and it's not even close. And I know Zach Wilson was not great, but I'm telling you, he had way less to work with than Tua. His offensive line's worse. Tua's offensive line's terrible. And he's younger. And also, we, saw, we had a larger body of work of Tua. He always is hurt. We know that dating back to Alabama. He's got better weapons. Than Zach Wilson, and in any game that mattered, he looked terrible. Rob, is that one of these hot? Is that too hot of a take to start twenty twenty two? I don't know if it's you know the hottest take. I mean, I'll take it a step further. I, no lie, I'll keep it at a hundred. If you said Jason, do you want Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? I'll say Zach Wilson. Wow, I uh, mean, he's... Mac Jones, great game manager. He's also got Bill Belichick. I'm just curious if you swap Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. How are, are the Jets demonstrably better? Are they? I mean, are, are the Patriots worse? Yes. Zach, sure. Zach Wilson does. How many games did Mac Jones straight up win? For he doesn't need to. He, does, he didn't lose them games. I think Zach Wilson well, would lose that's them the games. Thing. Zach Wilson had to win games. Yeah, but he would also Jets. lose them games. I mean, Zach, oh. Zach Wilson, you know, had what, like six good games in college and a, a great pro day. Maybe less. And maybe then all less. of a sudden he's in a, a, a top NFL quarterback. Look, man, he's he's got a lot of raw skills, raw talent. Well, okay, he had a first-time offensive coordinator. I will go to the mattress. <laughs> he had a first-time offensive coordinator. Mac Jones had Josh McDaniels. And, oh, by the way, Mac Jones was at Alabama. I think he was like 22, maybe 23. He's, no, I'm sorry, he's definitely not 22. I think he's 24. Um, but Mac Jones is not like this young kid like Zach Wilson. He was behind Jalen Hurts and Tua, who uh, were NFL picks. Uh, Zach Wilson's like fighting for his job with you know guys who are uh, you know working on the farm in like Iowa now. So uh, this idea that like Zach Wilson was going to have any success is crazy. I'm sorry, Mac Jones is 23, turned 23 opening week, uh, so he's a year older than Zach Wilson. Um, but this idea that like. Mac Jones is anything special. Guys, look at who he's with. McDaniels and Belichick? Are you kidding me? The continuity? Like, the Jets' offensive coordinator and head coach were first time ever, ever in that position. Come on. Even Trey Lance, who we all agree is not very good. And should we talk about Trey Lance real quick? I know you want to do college football, Rob. Did you watch any of Texans' Niners? Absolutely not. Okay. I, 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 small wager on the Niners. Um, even though, the, you know, the Texans were covering like 97% of the game. You know this game was 10 to 7 with like 10 minutes left in the game? And you know why? Because all Trey Lance did was check everything down. Check down Central. We're not taking any risks. We're going to... And then finally in the fourth quarter, they have to open it up and Ayuk and Debo uh, got loose a little bit. But like, you know Trey Lance was on a massive leash when George Kittle... I think we would agree best or second best tight end in the NFL had two targets the entire game against the Texans, the friggin' Texans. They did not want to risk anything. Let's hand it off to Elijah Mitchell. Let's hand it off to Debo. 
Let's play it safe and get out of here with a dub. Because Davis Mills is not coming into our house and beating us. Rex Burkhead ain't beating us. And the Niners defense showed up. Like This idea that like Trey Lance is remotely close to ready, even after the game. Shanahan was like, yep, uh, Jimmy G should be back next week. <laughs> oh, vote of confidence. Yeah, Trey was great, but Jimmy G's back next week for the, for the game to put us in the playoffs. I'll tell you right now, if Trey Lance has to start next week, no chance, no chance the Niners beat the Rams. None. Trey Lance in his, uh, what, second or third start going against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and uh, Floyd? No chance. None. They'll annihilate the Niners. And I like Shanahan a lot. Lance ain't ready. I don't know if he will be next year. All right. Um, I wanted to end the pod just quickly on the college football playoff. Mostly because I had such a great gambling college football playoff. Told you guys Georgia would win and roll. They did. I like the Alabama-Cincinnati under. And I told you never to really bet against Nick Saban with a month to prepare. So now let's put those games behind us. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rip Harbaugh. I didn't expect him to compete. I, I will question his game plan. Rob, I don't know how much of the game you watch. I watch every single play because I'm a loser. And I had no New Year's Eve plans because a lot of people have COVID and all these fears of like getting sick. Um, I'm not sick to my knowledge. Um, to my knowledge. Uh Jim Harbaugh is facing the fastest, best defense in the country, and he decides to try some sideline-to-sideline plays. Like all these swing passes. I didn't get that at all. I I just didn't. Like, that's not how you beat a fast defense. I know he was trying to open up something deep downfield, and he had a couple of those opportunities that never really materialized until late when it was a blowout. I just didn't love Harbaugh's game plan. Um, I, I... the Georgia-Alabama thing is interesting in the final. Rob, let me collect my thoughts. Who are you leaning toward in the championship, which is a week from today? Bama. Easy. I'm not even going to... Easy? Easy. Easy. Nick Saban owns his former coaches like nobody I've ever seen before. Like, it's it's a... I don't know what a fair... It's, got, it's like LeBron and Toronto. Like, it's one of those kind of situations. <laughs> So, do you want to guess the line if you haven't looked? Uh, oh, I think Alabama's going to be underdogs. because I think everybody loves Georgia and what their defense has done all season. I think they might view that game against Alabama as like the aberration. So, I'm assuming it's going to be Georgia two and a half, maybe? Three? So, Georgia was six in the first game. I told you guys, bet the house on Bama. They're going to win. One of my buddies, Dan, listens all the time. He told me it was his biggest bet, but it was on Alabama. I told him, I was like, dude, what are you um, and he lost. And Georgia is now favored again. It opened at two and a half. It's up to three everywhere. Alabama as an underdog. I think Saban's been underdog like seven times, and he's six and one, I think. I think I like Georgia, Rob. Wow. So the thought process was, if you go back to the SEC championship, Georgia was in the playoff, right? It was just, are they going to be the number one seed? Alabama could not lose. They had to win to get in. And Alabama smoked them. Now, they were down 10-0. But Alabama also lost their number two receiver, Mechie, uh, to a leg injury. He's done for the year. So it's basically Jamison Williams uh, and then the run game, which is rejuvenated. But I have a feeling, uh, by the way, the total's gone down from 53.5 to 52.5. I have a feeling... Georgia wins a low-scoring game. It's not concrete. I've got some time, but um, I did bet three. Georgia getting a field goal. Um, I hate going against Saban. But, Rob, I, I that that Georgia team. So, think about this. Alabama whooped a Cincinnati team that looked overwhelmed. I don't know the, how many offensive players from Cincinnati will be in the pros. The quarterback and I don't know who else. Michigan has a team. They got some players. That defensive line did Nothing. Aiden Hutchinson, who might be the number one pick, got pancaked twice. I mean, Georgia's... I I think they can win the trenches. I I, I think they might get them. Feels like a 17-14. I don't think there's going to be as many points as as the total shows. I don't know why it's so high. If you remember last time they played, it was like 20 to nothing... Georgia at halftime, and then they put in, remember, Tua for Jalen Hurts, and then they won in overtime 
Um, that game was incredible. Well, the second half was incredible. Um, so anyways, we've got a lot of time to talk about college football, but this was a long Monday pod. NFL players are coming up, so you know obviously there's going to be a lot happening. Uh, great time to gamble. NBA is back. Uh, ooh, Lakers got a win on Sunday night. Does anybody care? All right. <laughs> Monday night football, Rob. I don't. We're not going to take real time on this. Steelers, Big Ben's final home game at Heinz Field. They play the Browns. The Browns were as high as three and a half point favorites on Thursday. Ben announces it's. Just, I get it. It's my final home game. Goes down to three. I take the Steelers in the contest. Bengals upset. The Chiefs and the Chargers win. And all of a sudden, say goodbye to the playoffs, Cleveland Browns. The line is now Browns favored. This was Pick'em on Sunday. It has shifted to the, I'm sorry, the Steelers are favored. The Pittsburgh Steelers now two-point favored. So the line has swung five points in about four days. Crazy. I, I think the Steelers get it done. But... Uh, final plug for my son's fantasy team. He needs 11 points out of Nick Chubb to get his name engraved on a trophy. Um, he's very fired up. Yahoo says he has 59% chance to win. Chubb is projected at 13. I, I He better get it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.